0: Hello and welcome back to all Radio Entrepreneurs, listeners, and viewers. I'm producer Nathan Gobes. I'm excited to introduce you to part two of the Radio Entrepreneurs FBA Family Business Panel Discussion, Turning Chaos into Stability and Profitability. In this spring 2022 edition of the panel discussion, which will be broken into three parts, in this part we'll be covering topics related to opportunities and threats during chaos as well as um, supply chain issues. If you have not yet seen part one of this panel discussion, we recommend you head over to radioentrepreneurs.com or any of our many other channels to catch the first segment where we discuss leadership during chaos and culture. All of these discussions are intended to be highly relevant to business owners of family businesses, but also entrepreneurs of all types. So be sure to follow Radio Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, Spotify, YouTube, or any of the other many platforms we stream on. And that way you'll also catch the third segment as it goes live next our our four panelists for this discussion are rich Hershon of gray gray and gray kelly berardi of gray gray and gray steve wilchens of wilchens cosentino novins and chris perry of northern trust welcome everyone for their full inter, uh, for their full uh, bios and introductions please refer back to part one last but not least jeffrey davis radio entrepreneurs host and CEO of Mage LLC. Welcome Jeff, I'll hand the conversation over to you.
1: Thank you very much and welcome back to my panel. And I did appreciate our first segment for those who missed it uh, on culture during this time of chaos. And it really is a time of chaos of great change. And I think that the pace of change is actually going to continue over the next uh, two to five years. And from what I'm reading at a pace that we have never experienced before. So whatever we think we've been in for, it's going to get even more so. So with that in mind, this whole segment is about supply chain issues, opportunities and risks for businesses. So how how has the current volatility uh, affected uh, taking risks or opportunities with supply chain? How do you see it from both sides? Anybody want to jump on that one first?
2: I think it. It also creates a moral issue. I was with a client yesterday, and they were deciding they had deposits in hand, and they were talking about whether we continue to sell to Russia. And this was a a major, major order, large client. um, And there was a moral issue, and it was interesting that they had to really – talk through with their management team what they wanted to do because i think it had huge impact on the employees so you know they've spent probably a week talking about this issue whether they should continue to fulfill the order even though even though that would create major impact financially to the organization at some point
1: wow that's an interesting twist, Steve, to be taking on that. Anybody else want to address this or maybe add to what Steve said?
3: Jeffrey, I have a, a little a different angle than, than Steve's on this. On the supply chain side of things, um, you know, we at Northern Trust are wealth management Folks, So we look at the markets and look at inflation. And um, we had uh, predicted relatively low rates for a long period of time. And we have now uh, done a 180 switch and are expecting um, interest rates are going to be much higher for a long period of time now. Um, And for any you know, business owner, the ability to borrow at at low and and um, you know, kind of affordable rates is a key part of their business strategy and liquidity needs. Um, so we're seeing our business owner clients looking to lock in rates and not you know, kind of not have the floating rate situation. And so uh, that's a very real part of what we're seeing. Um, inflation is is real, and the Fed's going to be responding, and business owners are going to have. Um, uh, both uh, costs uh, associated with that, but also borrowing costs.
4: Not only the borrowing costs in terms of interest rates, but just you know the availability um, of credit of making sure you have enough working capital as things are going to cost more and you know everything else. I think companies are going need to evaluate um, how much availability they have on lines of credit um, and things like that, and possibly talk to banks about increasing those if it's necessary. It's not all,
2: it's not only the credit and low interest rates change, but I think there are a number of people for the last several years are over leveraged based on the very low interest rates over the years. And I think we're going to see substantial changes, both in manufacturing and in real estate, that there'll be dramatic changes with regards to the impact of the rates going up.
1: I think that's an important point, Steve. And I think about it in terms of the end users, you know, the people I speak to and you can all address this, you know, they say to me, what I used to be able to predict that I could buy for the next three to six months, I can't predict to buy for the next 48 hours. What I used to be able to deliver on with a predictable date, I have no dates of predictability for being able to deliver. Uh, I have no predictable dates of being able to quote anymore. So I can't predict. I can't predict anything on quoting. So every day I'm going in with a new surprise on how to run my business and keep people satisfied. And what I what people get in the long run is a lot of anger. What's this price? Why are you telling me it's now four months more that it's going to take? What used to take a year can maybe take two and a half years. It's a big problem uh, because I'm not sure people really are changing expectations during supply chain issues. You know, everybody knows it's going on but everybody still wants what they want. It's the American way. And I right. see you, Chris, nodding to what I'm saying.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the expectations are are still um, that people are going to get what they want uh, immediately. And um, it's a, you know, it's a challenge for, for a business owner who needs to uh, have the inventory in order to supply it. So.
1: Um, anybody else want to address
2: that? So, right. I think the business owner has to decide well what happens next and how to handle it how do I assure myself I'm going to get the supply do I have to you know worry about that try to source another uh, vendor or do I go into a, a different line of business or product line so I think that's that's a constant decision that they have to review um, to determine what's the best course of action. Well, I,
1: I know that uh, if you have case studies, I know in the last few weeks in both Florida and Massachusetts, I've had to do car repairs. And both times I was told, we don't know when we can get these parts. Yeah. So they sort of take my car and I'm sort of sitting there oh. in limbo wondering, am I, when am I going to get my car back? One car I waited a month. Uh, I never expected, uh, you know, a year or two years ago to ever wait for a part for my car for a month. Uh, I wait, I'm wait. i waiting for a car, apart from my car here, uh, where I am here in Massachusetts right now for two weeks for another car that needs a part. It's just, it's very unusual. You see the supply chain issues, I guess, most easily to, to be seen in the automotive industry. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, it kind of blows me away what I'm seeing for pricing uh, in that way. But does anybody else have any specific examples of industries where they're seeing things?
2: Well, seeing it in the manufacturing side, because a number of companies that have sourced overseas are thinking about bringing it back, bringing it back to the US, because, you know, the labor costs, in particular, China has risen dramatically. And, you know, the time and the shipping issues that people are looking at it and saying, you know, Based on inflation, it may not be so bad to move it back, and you know, s- establish a beachhead somewhere in a non-labor union state to start manufacturing again. So, I've seen that with a number of clients as well.
4: I guarantee, keep seeing that. I've I've had clients that you know, want a food manufacturer that couldn't get the packaging to put the food in, um, and I've heard you know a lot of stories like that. So, it's just. It's one challenge after another. They, you know, first can't find people and they're still doing that issues. And then just the cost of all the, um, you know, raw materials are way up and then they don't even have the packaging to to put the product in. So tough times. I've seen
1: that also, uh, Rich, with the paper industry where people are looking for paper and it, yeah, they're getting paper, but at double the price and they're expected to hold the line on their price. It's hard when you're getting uh, supply chain issues where you're supposed to hold your price, but your price but where your margins are being eroded. And I'm sure as, a, as financial people, uh, the two of you have seen that also.
4: Yeah,
3: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Tough. Well, you know, uh, I, by, I think anyone's definition, there's a war going on in, in, uh, <laughs> in Eastern Europe, and we don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know if there's going to be more instability in South China in Russia, how long this is going to go on for. So how do you prepare for supply chain issues when you think when you don't know what's going to happen? And this could go on a year, two years, three years? Well, the Cold War went on for 50 years and we don't know what we're in for. How do you plan?
2: I don't know. It depends on what industry. I mean the defense industry, I was just thinking about it, you know, Raytheon must be doing extremely well. Or the companies that you know develop missiles etc i mean there this is a unbelievable opportunity through the defense industry to generate huge profits um and the related associated industries that service the defense industry
1: well that's true um that is an issue and then my last question in this in this area uh What are some of the tax related issues and opportunities that business owners should see during these chaotic uh, times with, uh, with, excuse me, with uh, uh, supply chain issues? Sorry, I had a little mental block there. Yeah, so I think a lot of our clients are taking advantage of employee retention credits, um, R&D credits and other incentives, loans and things like that, that are being offered uh, through the government. I think what our clients are really struggling with is actually getting the ERC money. Um, they've all kind of submitted those uh, refund claims or amended nine forty nine forty ones with the with the IRS and have some of them up waiting up to six months for even confirmation that they've received it, and others haven't received any any of the money. so um so there are there are opportunities out there to take advantage of, but the benefits and payments have been you know very, very slow. Well, here's something that I've seen recently. Uh, have any of you seen differences in the way people are producing business plans over this particular time time period? I have. I'll let you. I'll let somebody else say. And I, again, Chris, I'll pick on you because you nodded first.
3: Sure. I mean, I, I think when you when you think about a business plan, um, you know, you're, the, the the variability of um, the supply chain is such a critical piece of it. And um, so the business, you know, there's there you're building in um, whether it's EBITDA, whether it's your margins, whatever you're you're building in a much broader um, uh, kind of potential outcome. And and, you know, as we work with business owners, some of whom are planning for an exit. Um, the kind of the 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 uncertainty around those variables become a, a real challenge for understanding what potentially could be, um, uh, you know, a sale price at the end. So we're we're working with our clients on a lot of different variables now. So it's uh, what you know if we're looking for an exit within the next five years. Um, how can we model for that in, um, in terms of planning now based on any number of different outcomes that could be hugely uh, uh, we have a wide disparity of, of different out, uh, you know, different results. So that's kind of the way uh, I think our angle, Jeffrey, in terms of how we're seeing this play out. It's the need to have a really broad um, perspective on outcomes.
1: Anybody else want to address that? No, I I will. I'll take a shot at that. You know, uh, I always think it's interesting. I've become a dinosaur. When I first got into business, I used to sit in offices for three to four or five months, putting together 200 page business plans to impress clients. And, you know, we'd research forever. Uh, we'd go to libraries, too. There was no internet at that time. So I am dating myself to some degree. I'm hopefully going to hold Kelly off from picking on me. Uh, but uh you know, nowadays, I, I think the whole thing is about being nimble, looking at all the options you have, 30, 60, 90 day plans with alternatives and, and actions and different variables, looking at uh, different financing options. So it's all about this sort of sort of like uh, almost like a a portable, ar- you know, guerrilla warfare. It really is guerrilla warfare at a whole different level uh, of, of planning and attacking. And I do like these sort of sort of 30, 60 day business plan models that are much shorter and, and really attacking the market as it's changing gets reevaluated with proper committees on an ongoing basis. So that's what I'm seeing when I'm looking at healthy organizations that are more nimble, which goes back to our first segment, where Steven talked about a more flexible management and leadership structure. So does anybody, before we finish this segment, does anybody want to add to my, my, my point on that?
4: I think that makes a lot of sense. Um... You know, and I think that's to be critical. There's so much change going on in the world that, you know, if you get locked into a five-year plan, that may have sounded good, you know, three months ago. But now, as things have changed, it, it might not be the right plan for the company anymore. So, like you said, being nimble, being willing to change, um, I think are very, very important in these times.
2: So that that agree with that, but that's compounded with the closed mindedness many times of a family business of a patriarch trying to convince the patriarch to look at a different position or angle or market or product and that becomes it's by the time you convince the owner you're 30 60 90 days past the opportunity and then you have to restart and that's a challenge that I have found with a few clients that they are not en- nimble enough. They're not willing to accept their management team and they're very close minded in that sense.
3: I'll add to that, that one of the most important things that you know we can do as advisors to our clients is um, give them the truth about our perspective on their situation as, as kind of, you know, diplomatically but candidly as we can, because um, uh, they may not—they may be too close to it to see what we're seeing from our perspective, um, taking a wider angle view of their business and and the impacts on it. Um, we, you know, we've definitely found, and I know Jeffrey, you're this is your business, but uh, we can be incredibly uh, helpful and valuable to our clients by, you know, giving them advice about um, how they may need to think. Uh, differently about, um, you know, the future supply chain, liquidity needs, what have you?
1: Well, clients used to schedule with me. I'm sure this is the same with both of you, you know, a week in advance, two weeks in advance. And now it's, it's text talk. Now it's text talk. Now something just happened. Everything is immediately. This has just happened. We have to react to it you know, what's the perspective on it, and then developing leadership strategies for this, and then processes for dealing with it appropriately, so that people are in control. So it's a whole, a whole different level of emotion, too, that's happening throughout all organizations dealing with this supply chain is affecting people emotionally within organizations. So I I think that's critical. But it also relates to our next segment, which Nathan's going to talk about uh, during doing transitions during times of chaos, which I think is, something I'm seeing a lot of too. Some people are saying, before we get into it, people are getting tired and they're saying, this is not my game anymore. So Nathan, I'm going to turn it over to you. I, okay.
0: Yeah, thank you, Jeffrey. That was a great run up for our, our third segment. Um, but this is the end of our seg- second segment on the spring 2022 edition of the FBA family pan- family business panel discussion. Thanks to all our listeners and viewers who have tuned in uh, to Radio Entrepreneurs. Links will be provided in the video description below to part one if you didn't already hear it, and part three once it goes live. But be sure to also like, comment, share, subscribe, and press the bell button. It helps immensely. And Radio Entrepreneurs is, of course, also highly active on LinkedIn, so be sure to go follow us, our page there, for more business advice and discussion. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening. We'll be back with more stories on Radio Entrepreneurs.